Welcome to our Daily Inspiration Podcast. As Inspire Church is walking through a 30-day rule of life, whether you are participating fully or just listening, we hope you are blessed. This is a podcast on prayer, and this is a podcast that I'm going to be doing myself, uh, Pastor Philip. So here we go. Inspired Church, surprise, it is Pastor Philip. I know the last few days we have been enjoying the gold that has been given to us by our guest on the podcast with regards to prayer. But today I thought I would jump in and share a few thoughts with regards to prayer with all of you. So, Maybe you're driving to work. Maybe you're driving home from work. Maybe you're on a walk. Who knows where you are listening in. Uh, But I pray and I hope that your desire for prayer um, just would be increased as every day goes by. And we continue on this journey, this 30-day journey of praying, fasting, reading, and seeking the Lord together as a church. So here's what I want to do. I thought I would just take a few verses from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6 and just share with you the heart of Jesus to his disciples with regards to the subject of prayer. So with that being said, let's dive into the text and then I will share a few thoughts and we will pray. Matthew 6, starting with verse 5, reads like this, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, and when you pray, you must not look like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus gives us instructions on prayer and then he gives us what we know as the Lord's Prayer. No better place to learn how to pray than from Jesus himself. And here's what he does. He gives us two negatives and two positives. He says, here's two places to learn how not to pray. I'm gonna give you two examples of the kind of people that you wanna look at, not as examples of how to pray, but you can look at their lifestyle of prayer and you can learn how not to pray. And then he gives us two positives. He says, now that you know what prayer doesn't look like, here is what it's supposed to look like. And the first group is fascinating. It's the Pharisees. Now, if you know anything about the Pharisees, these were the guys that were supposed to know how to pray. 
They were the ones leading Israel. They were the shepherds of the flock, the, the, the pastors of the time. I mean, the people of God looked to the Pharisees for guidance. They were the experts on who God was. They represented God to the people and represented the people to God. And so it's fascinating that Jesus calls them hypocrites. He calls them actors, pretenders. That's what the word hypocrite means. It refers to an actor in a play who would wear multiple masks and play different roles, yet it was all the same person. He says, don't pray like the pretenders. Don't pray like these actors. He says they love to pray in public spaces. Did you catch that? They like to pray in the synagogues when it's packed and everyone is watching. They even go out to the street corners and they love to pray there. Why? These are public spaces. These spaces maximize their visibility. And now we get to the motivation. Their motivation to pray wasn't to build relationship with God. They weren't praying so that their intimacy with the Father would be increased. No, they were praying because they wanted others to see them. And when others saw them, they knew that they would be praised for their piety. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that crazy? The Pharisees were praying in public spaces so that people would say, wow, look at pastor so-and-so. Look at sister, brother, so-and-so. They're so holy. Look at them praying. That's what they wanted. They wanted people to envy them. They wanted people to elevate them. That was the motivation. They weren't trying to be with God. They were praying to feed their egos. Or how about this? They were praying to reinforce their control, their religious power over the people. If you think about it, if if people were to look at these Pharisees and say, wow, look at how they pray and look at how long they pray, it would increase their control over the people. The people would walk around thinking, man, they're so holy. Uh, they're so righteous. They're, they, they really are close to God. And that that was what the Pharisees wanted. In fact, we could say they weren't praying, they were playing. And so there's a principle for all of us who are listening with regards to prayer. And here's the principle that I would love all of us to apply. Much public prayer with little private prayer is an indication that our motives may be misguided. I want you to think about that. Where do you pray the most? And when do you pray the most? I want to encourage all of us, including myself, not to be an actor, not to be a pretender, and not to be a hypocrite. That if we really, truly want relationship with Jesus, if we really, truly say that we are a Christian, then we are going to pursue God privately more than we're going to pursue him publicly. Now, I'm not saying public prayers are bad. We love to pray at church and continue to come to church and pray. And we love to pray in prayer meetings uh, on Zoom. Uh, we love to pray in public spaces. Jesus is not condemning praying in public. But what he is saying is be careful. Because if the only time you do pray 
is when you're in these public places, but you don't pray privately, then there might be something in the motivation of your heart that is misguided. Because real relationship, true intimacy is developed in the private place. And so we go from the negative to the positive. It says, hey, don't be like the Pharisees who only pray in public because they want to be seen. But he says, but when you pray, pray privately or in secret. In fact, I really love what he says in the text. He says, go to your room and shut the door. I mean, it doesn't get any more plain than that. But And I love the idea of going to the room and shutting the doors especially in our modern world. And I want to ask you, what what doors do you need to shut before you pray privately? Think about that. It could be the door of your cell phone where you're constantly getting updates and text messages and push notifications. Maybe it's the door of your laptop, the door of the music or the door of the TV. But what doors do you need to shut so that you can be alone with Jesus, no distractions? Or, or what room do you need to go into? In other words, h- how can you create a space to be alone with God, right? A, a sacred space, a, a, a secret space. In fact, sometimes it's not even your bedroom. Sometimes it's not even your house. Sometimes your house is the loudest space. You got your family members, uh, your children, you got the TV blaring, you got your husband or your wife. And, 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 and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying any of these things are negative. These are all beautiful things, but, but sometimes they, they get in the way of being alone. So maybe your room is not a room at all. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's a hike. Uh, maybe it's a drive. Maybe you just sit in your car after you drop your children off at church and, and, and or you drop your children off at school and you spend time with Jesus privately, alone, in secret. So Jesus says, go to your room and shut your door and create a sacred space so that you can meet with the Father in private. You know, I love to do prayer walks. And every once in a while, when I really feel like I need to grab a hold of the Lord, I actually do a hike. And there's a particular hike that I always take. I always go the same route and I always end up in the same space. And I love it because on that hike, I can recall times before where I made that hike. And and, and I'm anticipating with every step that I take that I am going to meet with God in this place. And so sure enough, somewhere in Niles, I won't give you all my secrets. (laughs) There is a particular hike that I like to take in a particular space in this hike where the trees open up and it overlooks the hills And I sit down and I meet with God. That's my secret space. And so I want to encourage you, if you don't already have one, what private places do you look forward to going to? Are there any places, any spaces 
that you know, I and mean, that's my place with God. When I go there, I know God meets me. Maybe this is the month for you to develop that place. Maybe you've never even thought about that. But it is a place where you can shut the door of distractions and you can go into the room of intimacy and be alone with Jesus. And and I love this. Did you notice Jesus said this? He says, and your father who is in secret will reward you. Did you catch that? He says, your father who is in secret. I want you to think about this. I've heard many people say that they don't hear from God, right? Maybe you've been there. I know I have. Have you ever been in a dry spell where you feel like God is absent? You feel like God is distant? You feel like you haven't heard from the Lord? I've been there many times. And and when I read this verse, it really radically transformed my understanding of where God is. I want you to know something. Um, If you're If you feel far from God, if you feel distant, if you feel like you're unsure if he's even there, I want you to know that Jesus says, in fact, that he is. In fact, he says, I know where he is. He's in the secret place. The truth is, it's not that God doesn't want to speak to you. It's not that God has disappeared. It's just that God has been waiting for you to come to the one place you may have not come to yet. And that's the secret place. You see, we look for God everywhere, but the one place that he is actually in. A lot of times, if you, in fact, I wanna say this, if you're listening to this podcast right now, and it's been a long time since you've had a true encounter with God, can I offer you some spiritual advice? It's not that you need to go to another church. (laughs) It's not that you need to find a revival service and a prophet to lay hands on you and pray. It's not that you need to start living right, right? Because I can't pray until I stop sinning. No, 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 no. It's none of those things. It's that you need to be alone with Jesus. Have you ever thought about this? God is in the one place that you haven't looked yet. Have you ever lost your keys? And has someone ever told you, have you kind of asked them, man, I lost my keys. And they ask you, well, where's the last place you put it? And you're kind of like, man, really? It's kind of a triggering question. You probably get a little annoyed. I know I do when I hear that. It's like, well, if I knew that, right, I would be able to get my keys. Well, in some ways, God is like those keys, except that we really never lose God. God is always in the place that he's always been. And I want you to know that place is the secret place. That place is the secret place. And so I want to encourage you, if you are feeling distant, if you are feeling like God is not there, he is there. He is here. It's just that maybe your life has been too busy or maybe you've tried to look for him in all these other places. But yet Jesus is saying, I'm here in the secret place. And so even right now, turn off this podcast. If you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you, shut the doors. Go to your room. 
because that's where the Father is. That's that's where Jesus is. That's where the presence of the triune God awaits to meet with you intimately in the secret place. I'll go quickly here on the final two. We get another negative. He says, don't just be like the hypocrites. In fact, he says, don't be like the hypocrites, the Pharisees. But he says, don't be like the Gentiles. Did you guys catch that? And he says, what do the Gentiles do? The Gentiles in their religious cults, uh, they they like to recite incantations. They cast spells. They repeat phrases over and over and over and over and over and over again. And, and, and these repeated phrases, Jesus calls, he calls them empty phrases, vain repetitions. Uh, they use lofty words. We even see that in the church, right? People using these grand theological terms. They're praying and thanking God for the substitutionary atonement, right? They're talking about sanctification and glorification and salvation. And then they're using these words theologically and we're listening to these lofty prayers and we're intimidated, we're insecure, we feel like we don't know what to say. But I love that Jesus says, you know, there are some people out there that think that God's going to listen to them because of their many words or their expanded vocabulary or their theological understanding. But that's not true. And Jesus says it right here. He says it's it, it, they're vain repetitions. They they they're they're literally thinking that somehow their intellect is going to bring them closer to God. Their ability to perform in prayer, prayer becomes a performance. Like there's some sort of code, right? Like if I just repeat this prayer like 50 times, then God's going to answer it, right? It just really becomes transactional and mechanical. Jesus says, no, 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 come to me simply. Come to me relationally. I'm not saying that repetition is bad. In fact, in a moment here, I'm going to talk about repetition. I'm not saying that memorization is bad. I'm not saying that we shouldn't memorize and repeat prayers. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is a relational dialogue. And that just because you say things a certain amount of time, or just because your words are lofty or theologically correct, it doesn't make you any better or any worse than anyone else. Many of us fail to pray out of insecurity, right? We'll never know what to say. What do I say to God? Many of us fail to pray out of comparison. Like I can't sound like that person. Many of us fail to pray because we can't pray like our heroes in the books that we read, right? They prayed for hours. On, but I want you to know, Jesus says, listen, your many words, your many phrases... Not just the kinds of words you say, but how long you say it or how many times you say it. Like that doesn't equal success in prayer. In fact, Jesus is telling us it's neither our eloquent words nor our long-winded prayers that I want. He says, come to me where you're at. <laughs> when it comes to prayer, you're not writing an essay, right? Jesus isn't counting the words. Uh, Nor when you come to Jesus, does he have a divine stopwatch in the sky and he'll only accept the prayer, right? If it lasts an hour. No, come to me where you're at. The final positive, Jesus says, for those of you that don't know what to pray, he says here, 
why don't you pray this? Why don't you pray like this? And, and, and he gives us the Lord's Prayer. And I, I want to say two things about the Lord's Prayer, and then we'll pray the Lord's Prayer together. Number one, the Lord's Prayer is a pattern to pray, and it's also a repetition to recite. So if you don't know what to say, why don't you turn to Matthew 6, and why don't you read verse 9 through 13? Why don't you recite the Lord's Prayer? And as you pray, you can use it as a pattern. In other words, you can recite a phrase. I believe Pastor Roger shared that with us, showed that technique with us last Sunday. Our Father who is in heaven. Hmm, let me stop there. Lord, thank you. You're my father. <laughs> thank you. You're, you're, you're my dad. Uh, uh, I believe Pastor Fred talked about that as well. And you're in heaven. You're holy. You're lifted up. Hallowed be your name. And, and, and worship begins to love. So you can use this prayer as, as a baseline, a pattern to even help you pray more. Or you can just simply recite it. You can memorize this prayer. In fact, during these 30 days, I even challenge you, why don't you memorize the Lord's Prayer? Either way, I know that you will be blessed. And so I want to encourage you, inspire you as we continue through our rule of life journey and we focus on prayer. I think my biggest takeaway from all the points today is private prayer. Let the motivation of your heart just to be to encounter Jesus. God, I want to be in relationship with you. I want a friendship with you. I want a, a relational encounter with you. And because of that, I'm not just going to hang out with you publicly. Church on Sunday when everyone's praying or, or, or someone calls a prayer meeting and that's what I'm going to pray. But I am going to build a lifestyle of prayer that not only prays publicly, but also pursues you privately because that's where you're at. You're in private. So with that being said, I, I want to finish uh, today's inspiration by um, praying a prayer. And if you know the Lord's Prayer, we can finish by praying this prayer together. And it goes like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you are inspired as we journey together to reorient our lives in life-giving practices as demonstrated in God's Word.